Welcome to the Mother Love Podcast. This is Claire Larson, your host, and this project was made possible because of the support of Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies, the Montana Coalition. Mother Love was created to promote healing, connection, and shared wisdom through stories. Like any given day spent parenting, each episode brings a balance of tears, laughter, wonder, and surrender. When it comes to parenting, no one should go it alone. On Mother Love, we see you, we hear you, we're in this together. Hi, Mother Love listeners. I just wanted to come on and uh, do a brief little introduction of this episode because we don't do this very often, but we are re-releasing an episode that I recorded with a woman named Lacey three years ago. So that's a long time ago. And I wanted to just give a little update. First, I want to mention that the reason we're featuring this episode, re-releasing it, is that it is one of my all-time favorite podcast episodes that I got to record. I refer to it all the time. We at Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies send people to this episode all the time, constantly, because it is such a beautiful story of what can happen when things go well. So, I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to spoil anything for you, but here's the update since this episode, just so that you have this context in mind as you're listening. So since the podcast, Lacey got married and her husband, Jim, and I had their second kiddo. His name is Parker in January of 2022. And what's really cool, and you'll know how cool this is after you start listening, is that Lacey now works as a patient registration specialist in the Cancer Center at St. James uh, Healthcare in Butte. Oh, it's so hard for me not to like say all the things about why that's so great, but I'll just say full circle. And Jim is a union carpenter for Kissock construction in Butte, and they even purchased their first home a little over a year ago. So their boys are growing. Lacey describes them as kind and smart, which is no surprise to me at all. And they just feel incredibly blessed to be living the life that they do today, in Lacey's words. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you know anyone that would benefit from listening to a story like this, please send them to this episode as well. And yeah, thanks for being here. Enjoy. Hello, listeners. I'm here with Lacey Salmonen. Say it for me, Lacey. Uh, Salmonen. <laughs> yeah, this is beginning to be a joke. Like every single podcast now, I'm like, okay, let's go over last name pronunciation. <laughs> but thank you for doing that. And we are here talking today about just Lacey, just about your story of becoming a mother and what that's been like for you. And Lacey just told me that her little guy, Raiden, just turned one last month. So still in really pretty new parenthood and there's a lot there. So good morning, Lacey. Good morning. How are you? Good. You're in Butte. Correct. Tell us how Butte feels today. Is it cold, warm, sunny? It is cold. It'll get sunny again, but then it'll get cold. Yeah. Then it'll get sunny and then it'll get cold. Yeah. Yeah. It's temperamental. Like, oh yeah. Like Butte is, right? Of course. Yeah. And you grew up in Butte. Yeah. Uh, yep. Correct. I was, uh, I was born in Billings and raised in Butte by my grandparents. Okay, cool. Maybe we could go. So I, I discovered Lacey because it's kind of an interesting thing. Like normally I have some sort of 
personal tie or I know of people or, you know, I've given someone's given me someone's name about someone who might want to share their story on the podcast. And with you, Lacey, I, I discovered you because I came across an article uh, that the Great Falls Tribune had written about you and what's your boyfriend, your partner's name? Uh, J- James Starcevich, fiance. Fiance, congratulations. Yeah. Thank oh, you. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I just was reading, I came across that story and I was reading the article and I just thought it was a really beautiful example of, of what can happen when moms are given good support. You know, and, and I, that's one thing I wanted to ask you about too, maybe a little bit after you, after we go into the story, but I want to know, so we'll put this like down the line for the interview, but I want to know how it feels to be kind of, you've been given a lot of media exposure sort of. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do want to talk about eventually as we're talking, just how that feels to kind of be the poster child of moms who have faced addiction and have broken that cycle. But let's first talk about, you know, where do you want to begin your story of motherhood? So uh, <laughs> when I first found out I was pregnant with my son, Raiden, uh-huh. um, I had been in active addiction for three years. My fiance, James was, James was also in active addiction. Uh-huh. So at this point, we didn't really know if we were, you know, in the position to be welcoming a child into this world, we didn't want to welcome into the world that like I grew up in. Right. Um, so we, I, we both decided to get clean mm-hmm. and here we are today. Yeah. What was that conversation like? Can you, would you mind sharing a little bit more about, you know, what, what was that conversation like between the two of you? It was scary. So at first we discussed abortion of course mm-hmm. we discussed adoption mm-hmm. we discussed like if we were if we were going to go through with it and keep them that we needed to get our lives together get our financial situation together you know make sure that he had everything that he had because if we didn't get clean and you know whatnot he would be taken from us and that's not something we wanted to put ourselves through or totally him. yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah and and he was pretty, how long had you two been together when you discovered you were pregnant? Two years. Okay. So you, you had been in relationship for quite a while yes. and had a strong connection there. Yes. Do you feel like that helped you as a mom, like to already have a partner that you were really well connected to, even though it wasn't under the healthiest of circumstances? Like, do you uh, yeah. feel like that really changed your decision? Of yeah, it did. If I didn't have James to help me raise Raiden, I don't know if I'd be here today. Right. Yeah. Being a mom, you know, like battling addiction is hard enough, but being a single mom battling addiction has got to be probably even harder in my book. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how old are you and James? Um, I'm 22 and James is 25. Yeah. Cool. You guys are all young. Yeah. <laughs> Raiden and you too. Well, I mean, first of all, that's an amazing story. Can you, do you look back on those days of discovering you were pregnant? Like, can you sort of in your mind's eye remember what that time was like? And can you give us an idea about what your life looked like then versus how it looks now? Uh, so when I uh, found out I was pregnant, I kind of had like a certain point, but an idea, you know what I mean? But obviously I was in the midst of my addiction. So I was homeless Mm -hmm. and I didn't have the money to afford a pregnancy test. So I went to the hospital. Yeah. 
And I was too embarrassed to tell them I thought I was pregnant. So I told them maybe I had a bladder infection because I knew that they would want a urine sample from me. Mm-hmm. And so I gave them the urine sample and, you know, I, ca- I had my ideas. I knew that, you know, when you know, you know. Right. And, <laughs> and so I took the urine sample and I'm waiting with one of my friends who, who was in active addiction as well with, with me. But now he just, uh, he just celebrated 90 days clean. Too, oh, cool. Yesterday. Yay. So, yeah, exactly. So it's pretty cool to watch people recover with you. But um, I bet. anyway, so I was waiting for the test results and I got super nervous and I didn't want to wait no more. So I left. I just ran right out of the hospital and wow. told, told them that they could call me with the results because I, I just wasn't. It was just know, too scary was, for you. It was too much. Yeah, it was. It was too much. I look back on it and I've got a house. I've got right. a job. James yeah. has got a job. You know, um, we're really good parents. Um, mm-hmm. We just took our first first home buyers class, awesome. so we're getting ready. Yeah, we're getting ready to move out of our apartment, and you know, just kind of working our way up. Yeah, that must feel so good. It does feel good. <laughs> yeah, because I bet I. I mean, from the article, I knew that you also grew up. You, you said your grandparents raised you, and I know that your father has struggled with addiction all of his life as well. Yeah. So I know that this must feel it just must feel really like a victory. It does. It feels like I'm almost breaking like a generational curse. You know what I mean? Breaking the cycle. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know that that hasn't been easy because as humans, when we're kids, we, we can only really, we only know the world that we see. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I did grow up in it. Like my mom, my mom was not, I mean, she was an addict, but she was an alcoholic. Uh-huh. And I lost my mom when I was 14 to suicide. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I knew at that, like I was still young, but at 14, I knew that if she wasn't battling her addiction, I know she would still be here today. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. She, she was super depressed and, you know, alcohol yeah. is a depressant. And when you yeah. mix the two, it just. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard. It's really, it becomes like such a dark. Yeah, it did. It took, over, to it took over her life and it took her life. And I, I don't want that for me. I don't want Raiden to have to go through that. For sure. Yeah. So, okay. So you found out you were pregnant. You bravely showed up at the hospital, which <laughs> I, I can only imagine how scary that must have felt. It was scary. It, yeah. Cause there's just all the emotions. I mean, it's nerve wracking anyway, when, when you're, when you think you might be pregnant and then you're there and there's strangers everywhere and it's in a place where people, you know, there's professionals walking around quickly exactly. and doing their thing. And yeah. And so you bailed on that. I scene. did. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. And then how long did it take until they called you? And, and what was that conversation like? I think it was three or four days and they pretty much flat out told me, Hey, like they didn't, they didn't say much. It is, I did Okay. So to be honest, I didn't even actually answer the phone. Mm-hmm. I had my friend again answer the phone because totally. I was scared and I wasn't ready to hear the answer. So he gets off the phone. And he says, yeah, Lacey, like they said, you're pregnant. And I didn't know what to think at this point. Cause at this point I'm still, I'm still using, yeah. I'm still homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still not sure where tomorrow's going to lead me. Cause I mean, when, when you're getting high, all that matters that day is getting right. high. Right. So. Yeah. 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 So that must have felt like terribly inconvenient. It did. <laughs> when, you're, when you're in the throes of addiction and something makes you face the reality like that. For real, yeah. It, it must have been really hard. And, and when you picture yourself, you know, kind of standing at that crossroads, 
how did you finally sort of get past the fear and the addiction to even consider getting help with recovery and reaching out for support? Cause you knew that would mean like walking back in that building. Exactly. And, you know, so like, how did I, you get through that? So I uh, told another friend of mine and he suggested that I make my first doctor's appointment, you know what I mean? And go from there and see what they think. Cause he told me, uh, he told me, make your first appointment. That's the first thing you want to do. And I was like, so I don't, I've never, I'm the youngest in my family. So I don't, I've never hadn't been around anybody who's pregnant or anything before. So I get on Google and I look up OBGYNs and I pick the best, I pick the one with a five-star rating. <laughs> Why <laughs> so, not? You know, yeah, exactly. I don't, you know, I don't know. So I picked uh, Dr. Laura Twist uh-huh. here in Peel and uh-huh. I went up there and immediately I told them, you know, Hey, they're like, how far pregnant, how long are you? And I was like, I have no idea. Uh-huh. And so they give me an ultrasound. They say, Hey, Lacey, you're about 11 weeks pregnant. They're like, they're like, and they obviously, they give you a urine sample right when uh-huh. you start. And they yeah. gave me the, they gave me the, you know, the, uh, that time, you know, that option to be honest with them. Yeah. They didn't say nothing to me, but I was honest with them. I was like, I am an active user. I'm uh-huh. still actively using. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm homeless. Exactly. Yeah. And so they brought in, a lady, her name was Jocelyn. Yeah. And Jocelyn works for the Metal Arc Initiative. Mm-hmm. And Jocelyn instantly opened her arms to me and hooked me up, you know, like introduced me to the SMART program, other, you know, just other like things that could help me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I constantly was like reaching out to me, hey, like, how are you doing? How is the SMART program going? Are you feeling like you need to use still? Yeah. And she kind of, you know, gave me like the lowdown, like if you want to do this, you got to do this right. And yeah. she was right. And that's, that's where I started my journey right then and there. Yeah. That's so, I'm so glad that she exists. She does. <laughs> and yeah, the, she's and an amazing the, lady. She yeah, really is. I, I was watching the, the video that they made and Jocelyn's a main character in that video about yep. the Meadowlark initiative. Can you tell folks what your experience of the Meadowlark initiative has been like if somebody asked you, you know, how did that help you? Uh, the Meadowlark Initiative helped me because it explained to me how how vulnerable and you know how important the first thousand days of life of your child, you know, of your child's life is. Right. How important it is for you to be clean and eating right and like you know living in the right situation so you're not under stress and right. you know and how those thousand lives will like how those first thousand days of life are gonna matter to them and how they develop for the rest of their life. Right. And I think that that is so helpful to have a specific picture like that of the first thousand days, because all, all the information, when I imagine that you just had so much information coming at you right away from the get go about addiction and what was available for help and all these things. But, but the thousand days thing kind of plays off our natural instinct as mothers to make sure our babies are well, you know, and I think that there, I believe that like that, that can begin as soon as you make the choice that yes, I do want to be a parent, you know, then you start, you start living your life for the baby instead of for you. And so that's just helpful to have instead of like, oh my gosh, it feels so daunting to think about raising an entire child for like 18 or 20 yeah. years or some 30 years, you know, that they might be living at home with parents. But, um, but when you look at that first thousand days, it's almost like when you say, 
or when you talk about having to make your first appointment, it's like those little bite-sized action steps that you can take that get you to the next thing. Almost like you talk about addiction. It's like the only thing you care about that day is making sure that you have what you need to find that high. And so it's, it's almost like you have to meet people where they are. And if they're only able to see this small, what's next, then that's all you can really give them. If you just throw way too much on them, it's going to be like, okay, I'm out. You know, so that's, I'm really glad that they were there and able to build that connection with you right away. They were, and they always, you know, they always stressed how important prenatal care is. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, because I didn't even think about that. You know, I'm, I'm getting high. I'm, this is my first child. I've never been around anybody's pregnant. I didn't think prenatal care was you were like, whatever, I'll start working once the baby's born. Yeah. You know what getting, I mean? Yeah. 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 You know? Like, yeah. 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 It's, well, just, it's crazy. If, if no one ever taught you about that, like how would no, you, know, you exactly. Know? Yeah. So, um, so it's all new to me. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So how did, how did it go from there? Like, can you talk a little bit more? My last interview with this woman named Sylvia in Whitefish, she also struggled with addiction and she also mentioned the smart recovery program. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Cause I'm sort of new to learning about this program in particular. Um, so, uh, the smart program is an outpatient treatment program that mm-hmm. they run and they provide you with counselors on site NA and AA meetings inside the building. They, uh, provide you with outside resources about where you could find like AA and NA meetings outside of their building. You meet with them for weekly appointments. You do evaluations. You do like relapse prevention programs. Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah, they are. They're just amazing people. Yeah, that's so great. And you now run... I, uh, I do the uh, Sunday meetings. We do book studies at the Alano Club at 630 here in Butte. Cool. And, and then, how, how long have you been running that group? Um, I've been doing the Sundays for about probably two months now. Yeah. And then cool. before that I would do the, uh, then when I was pregnant, I used to do the Wednesday up at the Leggett. I did used to do their four thirty meeting. You did? I did. Right away when you were pregnant. Yep. You just jumped right in. Jumped right in. That That's what they suggest. They said to get involved and start doing service work. That's the best way that you can get yourself, you know, the more you get involved, the more you surround yourself with people who are in recovery. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. I'm just so, I'm like so astounded with your courage, honestly, (laughs) really. Um, And you seem like a very humble person, so I won't like (laughs) rain compliments on you, but I I just, what a, what an amazing thing to jump in like that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So then let's talk about what happened next. Like you, you began, so you met Jocelyn, she was checking on you. You were going to meetings, like so I actually hadn't started going to meetings yet, but I was enrolled at the SMART program. So I went ahead and I went back to my grandparents' house mm-hmm. because I was allowed there, but only if I was clean. Okay. Which makes sense. You know what I mean? And yep. at, at the end of the day, they're only trying to do what's best for me. So for sure. I told my grandparents that I was pregnant and they were a little worried, but they were like, if you want to do this, like, like we'll stand behind you and we'll help you in every way we can. So... <clears throat> And at this point, uh, my, my fiance, James, is still in active addiction as well. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't really ready to quit yet. Yeah. And he told me that. He was like, Lacey, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to level with you. I'm not ready. Like, 
even like I don't really and he told me he's like I don't want you to have this baby because I don't want to be that you know that that father that's not in his life because I'm still you know stuck in my addiction and I kind of and I kind of was like hey like I'm ready to get clean this is my chance this is like he's a gift like this baby is a gift from God this is like this is my wake up call like he's like here Lacey here's your here's you know here's your reason to get clean here's yeah here's the biggest blessing I'm going to give you in your entire life. Don't screw it up. Yeah. You know, so I'm about, I want to say probably three and a half, four months pregnant at this point. And I've got a, like some time underneath my belt of uh clean time. Uh-huh. And James is still out and about doing what, you know, doing what, yeah. what doing what we do. Yeah. And he ends up facing some legal trouble mm-hmm. and he gets arrested and he call, he writes me from jail and he tells me, and this is after he's had like three or four days mm-hmm. of sobering up. And he writes me, he says, Lacey, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. I want, I want to be a part of this baby's life. I want to be a part of your life. Like, we're going to do this. Like, this is a wake up call. I don't want this to be my life. I don't want to end up in prison. Yeah. So he got out of jail, his parents. And like I said, I grew up with my grandparents, but uh, my dad, my dad was living there. My dad was in active addiction. Um, so it wasn't really the best environment for me. And then Jocelyn knew that I knew that cause we were talking about me even enrolling in, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it's like a, a inpatient treatment program in Helena just for mothers and their babies. Uh-huh. I forgot the name of the house, the Florence, Florence, Florence Crittenden. Yeah. 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 So I was yeah. before, uh, before I, before James got arrested and stuff, I had actually gotten the paperwork was getting ready to fill it out. And I was going to go there because that was going to be the safest place for me and my baby. You know what I mean? Totally. So James gets out of jail, his, and he's, he's got a really, really supportive and really good family. And, um, he, so he tells his mother like, Hey, my girlfriend's pregnant. Can I, like she, his mom, uh, his mom signed his like bond. So she was pretty much like, Hey, you're on lockdown. We're going to, you're staying clean and you're going to do this because she had waited for years to have her son back in her life. And I can only imagine what that feels like now being a mother. Yeah. So, uh, so she has James move in with her and he tells her, Hey, my girlfriend's pregnant. She's not in a very good environment. She's clean. And his mom's, his mom allowed me to come in and move down at their house. Mm -hmm. And she pretty much just, and she's one of the biggest blessings in our recovery because she pretty much nursed us back yeah. to, you know, back to our regular selves. She did. She allowed us to stay there and she yeah. fed us and yeah. she, she what housed a beautiful us. beautiful thing. Yeah. She housed us until we were back on our feet and ready to start, you know, getting back into reality. Yeah. Right. The power of a mom. Exactly. It's big time. And, and yeah. what a cool, what a cool thing that like, for you, I can imagine and, and tell me what this like, cause my imagine will, my imagination will imagine scenarios all day long, but, um, but I can imagine that you, that was kind of the first time you'd experienced real maternal, like nourishment and care. Is that yeah. true? It was. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I lost my mom at such a young right. age, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. having his mom step into our lives like that meant meant the world to me and she yeah. she still continues to mean the world to me she does amazing things for us all the time she That's treats so me like great. she treats me like I'm part of her family and I've, yeah. I haven't ha- I've never even had that even yeah. I mean I've had that with my grandparents but even with my own parents I've never really experienced the love that she gives to us right and also that must have just given you so much hope as 
as a mom, like yeah. as a person becoming a mom that, oh, this can be a really healthy, loving, supportive relationship versus what you had experienced, which I'm sure your mom tried really hard and I'm sure she did her best like all moms do. But if we don't have the right, the right factors and the right support, it's just too hard. Right. But, but I just imagine that it must've been so hopeful for you to to say like, Oh, I want to be a mom like that. I want to be a mom who puts everything aside and show up for her kids. Yeah. And I told James that all the time. That's so great. That's amazing. Cool. So, um, so I want to go back just a second to, if it's okay to, um, why was it, and you can just say hard pass if this is not an okay question, but why was it okay? Do you think that your dad was in active addiction, but living with your grandparents, but that was like a boundary they had set with you that you Um, couldn't live there? So it's like, so they, they like, they would allow me to live there, but they wouldn't allow me to live there the way I wanted to live there. Like I wanted to live there and I wanted to get high in their house and I wanted to live there and I wanted to bring my friends to get high in their house. And, right. and my dad did the same thing, but the thing with me, my dad was living in their backyard Okay. in a trailer. So he was out of there. You know what I mean? He was out I of see. there. It and wasn't. my dad... And my dad's like a super, like he, my dad's been an active, my dad's been in an, like in his addiction since he was 16 years yeah. old. Oh, so, I mean, man. he is so hard. He is really good at hiding it and enabling and, and he, you know what I mean? And like, so my grandma would allow me, but she wouldn't allow me the way I wanted her to allow me. Yeah. You know? So, and, so you would just pass on that. I would just pass on to, that. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And how's your relationship with your dad going now? I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but. So um, he, uh, after I had Raiden, mm-hmm. he kind of was, you know, I mean, like, hey, I want to be in Raiden's life. And I'm like, well, I want you to be in Raiden's life too, but I can't have you being in his life if you're getting getting high. I don't, yeah. I don't right. want that for my child. I don't want to ever have him see anybody high. Yeah. So uh, he, uh got arrested on a probation violation mm-hmm. and he did a little bit of time in silver bow County jail. Mm-hmm. And then he enrolled, uh, for MCDC, which is Montana chemical dependency center. It's an inpatient treatment program. Mm-hmm. So he did 30 days inpatient treat- treatment. And then he, uh, discharged from there and applied for a sober living house. Mm-hmm. And he went to mile city and he was in a sober living house for about four and a half, five months. And then he, he called me. He's like, Hey Lacey, like I'm ready. I, I don't want to be here no more. Like the people in my sober living house are getting high and they're drinking. And it's really like, it's really toll, like taking a toll on me. I like, it's going to like, you know, disadvantage me in my recovery. So I'm like, okay, what do you need me to do? Like, as long as you're sober, I will help yeah. you in any way I can. Right. He said, I want to get my own place here in mile city. And I was like, that's a great idea. I think you should stay in mile city. Mm-hmm. He's got too much history here in Butte. You know yeah, what I mean? That totally. Yeah. Like, when you're getting clean, like you need new playgrounds, new friends. Totally. And that's, and that's how it is. And yeah. so I thought that was a great idea. I'm like, whatever you need, let me help you. So I give him money and mm-hmm. he gets a house and he gets all his things that he needs for his house. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he's out of that sober living house, he starts traveling back to Butte. Dang. Yeah. yeah. So now he's back in Butte and um, he's not living with my grandparents, which is nice because yeah. my grandparents, like now that I'm out of their house and my, my dad's out of their house, I feel like they're finally at peace. And like, 
I know my dad's not doing very good, but I am. And I, you know, I make sure to stop by like by there every day. My grandma watches Raiden for me during our NA and NA meetings and cool. whatnot. Yeah. So that's like, that's one of my biggest amends I have to make in my recovery is to my grandparents, you know, if, for hurting her. Cause I yeah. did. Yeah. I think yeah. She, she feels like she failed me. Like she failed my dad and Aww. she didn't. That's it's hard. not her fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I bet she's so proud of you, Lacey. Like, no, no, she is. You know, she tells me every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. What's her name? Uh, Deborah. Deborah. Little we'll shout out to Deborah. <laughs> um, that's so sweet. And I bet it's really fun to watch Raiden interact. Oh, yeah. He loves my grandma. Yeah. Grandma, grandma never says no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing with grandmas, right? Um, okay. Well, that's so, that's so incredible. So you were living um, in a healthy environment and your pregnancy is carrying along and, you know, did it start to feel like, was there sort of a moment in the pregnancy where it started to really feel like you were sure you would never go back to that life again? Or did you still struggle like every day with um, having to fight that addictive part? I mean, so it felt like, you know, we were on cloud nine, like we were never going to go back yeah. and, you know, like we we got our lives together. We got our son on our way. And then, so my son's born and uh, he's born on August 23rd of 2019. And on August 27th, we moved out of James's mom's house into our own place. Mm-hmm. And then Raiden's like, I think like two and a half or three months old and boom, reality hits us. And uh, the trouble that James was facing when he was in jail comes back and starts, you know, like comes back into our lives. So he's on his way to work and he calls me and he says, Lacey, I'm getting arrested again. And this is after we already had, I think we were, yeah, we were pro, I think we had over a year clean, like 13 or 14 months clean. And so he calls me, he's like, Lacey, I'm getting arrested. It's like, it's happening. Cause you know, we always had in our back of our mind, like, Hey, like this might catch up to us one day. You know what I mean? He might have to face some legal trouble one day, but you know, when you get like a year away from it, you're like, Oh, it's never going to happen. Like, we're yeah, like clear. it can't touch us anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got, we got, we're clean. We got a house. Like we're good. Like nothing's ever going to come to bite us. And you know, yeah. so he calls me, he says, Lacey, I'm getting arrested. It's happening. And I'm on my way to work. I have right in the backseat and oh, I'm hysterical. I'm and sure. I, call, I call my boss and I'm like, Hey, like I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it today. And she, she I kind of explained the situation to her and she's like, Lacey, that's fine. We'll figure it out. You do whatever you got to do. So I call, I, me and Raiden head down to Jimmy's mom's house and like we explained to her what just happened. Cause he only, he only made that one phone call on the cell phone to me real quick. Right. So she's hysterical. I'm hysterical. So a day later he, um, and I made sure, and I was feeling pretty low at that point. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh no, my life is ruined. I'm going to lose Ray. Totally. I'm going to lose my fiance. Raiden's going to lose his dad. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty low. So my first thought hit and hit an AA meeting. Got to go to a meeting. I yeah. got to, I got to surround myself with people in recovery. So yeah. I don't end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. So I do, I go to NA meetings. Everyone's super supportive. They tell me everything's going to be Okay you know, just stay strong, go home, get some sleep and head. So the next day we head over to Missoula, me, his mom, his dad, his sisters, Raiden, Mm -hmm. and he has his um, arraignment. 
Mm-hmm. And so they release him on bond because he's not a flight risk. You know, he has a job, he has a family, he has a house. Yeah. And they tell, they give him mischarges and he's being charged with conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the court date wasn't for another, but probably another three, no, probably longer than that. It was probably like another four or five because Raiden was almost a year old when he actually went to trial. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. So that, that must've been so hard. And, and it's really, I think it's really says a lot that instead of like, I thought you were going to say, you know, your first thought was, it was to it go was. and get high again. It, it but was like, my but first thought. Yeah. My whole life was over. Right. Totally. There. And that's the only thing that you feel like can touch that kind of fear and pain probably. Yeah. Um, but you decided to go to a meeting instead and NAs really became our second family. You know what I mean? They are a big part of our recovery. Yeah. Ever since uh, me and James, like ever since James got out of jail, his mom was like, hey, you guys need to go to NA meetings. And his his mom's actually the first one who started pushing us towards NA meetings. And ever since our first meeting, I don't think there's a week that we haven't gone. Right. Because it's like no one else can really understand. Exactly. How you feel. And so when you really need understanding, like that's where you go. And there's nothing more powerful than an other addict helping another addict. Totally. That's amazing. Um, cool. So how's that all now? How are you, how are you feeling now about it? Uh, so I'm feeling good. So James had his trial uh-huh. on June 26th. Huh? He, you know, he had his, yeah. So he got sentenced on June 26th of uh, 2020. Uh-huh. And so we go, I mean, pretty nerve wracking day. Um, he's he's facing about, uh, eight years Mm. in federal prison and his lawyer even was like, Hey, James Lacey, like you're probably gonna, he's probably gonna end up doing some time. Like, so his lawyer tells him to pick out a prison for him to like go and serve. So he picks Oregon because Oregon's the closest federal prison where me and Raiden can continuously go and visit him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, so, We, uh, and this is where like everything that we've completely done in our recovery comes to pay off. So we go in the trial. I speak on his behalf. His mom speaks on his behalf. His sponsor from NA speaks on his behalf. His boss travels all the way from Butte to Missoula and speaks on his behalf. And, you know, Jocelyn writes us this beautiful character letter about how like we completed works like the biggest success story of the metal arc initiative, how we completed everything that she ever asked us to do yeah, and how we're con- like, we're constantly like trying to further our recovery. Yeah. And the judge really, we, and like the judge really takes everything into consideration, you know, how much clean time we have, how we enrolled ourselves in these programs and completed them to like beyond expectations. You know what I mean? Right. And he actually gave James five years supervised release. So so James is currently at home with us and going to continue to be at home with us forever. That's so huge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes me emotional. Actually, It was, it was super emotional. Yeah. Just because, I mean, as if it isn't reward enough that you don't, that you like have this opportunity, like you said, you know, like you said, it was, you felt like it was like your one opportunity and gift that, that you could either take it or leave it, you know, and for you guys to have taken that and ran with it as, as much as you did. And then to be able to use that as, as the, the thing that keeps you together as a family. Yeah. 
that is a beautiful story. Like, and yeah, it's so powerful. Without our son, I would probably be dead, and James would probably be in prison. Yeah, our son yeah. has saved our life by the grace of God. He is the biggest blessing we have ever had. Yeah, let's talk about him. Okay, tell me, tell me about Raiden, and and will you t- just tell me a little bit about his personality? What is he like? Oh, he is fun. He is so funny. He is always smiley. Uh, he's total mama's boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he is. He's just, he's the light of my life. You know, he's just the happiest. I got so lucky. He is the happiest baby ever. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he just is so sweet. He just loves to play. He loves to read books. He's yeah. super smart. He knows where his nose and his toes are. <laughs> he's, sorry, he's, he is yeah. he's extremely smart. Yeah. It's crazy. He, even like when I'm picking up the house, he helps pick up his toys and he's only one. Yeah. Every time Amazing. I change, when I change his diaper, he has to throw his diaper away in the diaper, the diaper mm-hmm. pail. If yeah. I don't let him, yeah. If I don't let him throw his diaper away, you know, he's got yeah. to do his part. He yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. And, and do you feel like, you know, in my experience, the way that I mother is definitely informed by what I've gone through in terms of mental health struggles and just really, really hard, huge challenges that I had to overcome for myself. And that, that always sort of is a, a channel for my love to go at my children even more because we've all been through it together. And we've all, you know, this connection that is built between us now isn't just like a given. It was something that I really had to fight for and work for. And so can you share a little bit about what that's like in your family like, how do you feel like getting, overcoming addiction and the things that you went through, both you and James, you know, in terms of kind of getting these second chances, how does that, how, how do you, how does that come into play in your relationship um, and your parenting? It comes into play in our parenting because, you know, we wouldn't have any of it without Raiden we really wouldn't and I know that I know that they say you need to get clean for yourself and but in my reality is like if there's no love stronger like I love my child more than I could ever love myself right yeah and yeah and if if I'm doing it for him then I know I'm gonna do it for the rest of my life because he he's worth it you know he he's when I wake up every day his face is the first face I see when I lay when I lay down to go to bed his face is the like last face I see he's just He's the best thing that's ever happened to us. I work days and Jim works nights because we don't want him in daycare. Yeah. We don't want anybody else to have his time besides <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah. That's so special and cool. And I'm curious too about like the, your physical health, Lacey, like how long did it kind of take you to go from being in active addiction? Cause I know that you must've been really struggling physically at that point when you came in. Like, can you talk a little bit about what, what were the steps to kind of get your physical health back while um, you were pregnant? So when I first entered uh, Dr. Twist's office, I, w- I weighed 97 pounds. Oh. Yeah. And I was almost about, I was 11 weeks pregnant. So 97 pounds was not a good weight. Not enough. No, yeah. not enough for someone. So, um, and at this point, like I said, I was somewhat homeless. I mean, I could go to my grandma's, but my grandparents also struggle because they're supporting my dad and my dad's constantly like leeching off of what they do have. Yeah. So, um, I really didn't have much for food source or 
anything like that. So that's again, where Jimmy's mom came into play. You know, if it wasn't for her, I don't think I would have been able to meet the the weight requirement that I needed to, you know, we, when, when you're we're like, when we're first getting clean, we had missed out on so much, like, like just hanging out with like our old friends that, cause once you start using drugs, your old friends that didn't, don't use drugs, don't really want much to do with you and you can't blame them. Right. So like we had missed out on so much like fall fiend and, you know, just going to the park and going on walks. So here I was, I was eating good. I was starting to get physical exercise, you know, uh, it was just, it was crazy. Like yeah. I, we had just missed out on so much and here we are, we're like going out, we're going camping with his family. We're going fishing. It's been, it had been years be- since we'd even like done anything besides for walk the streets or hang out in somebody's apartment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Your world had gotten really small. Yeah. It, and it did. It's like we, once we got clean, it's like we started to live again. Yeah. That's amazing. And how, how do you mind talking a little bit about your birth, about Raiden's birth and how that nope. went and how did that, was there, and I, and in, in particular, I'm curious about, you know, I know sometimes how did you make your choices about like pain management and things like that? Uh, so I made my choice on pain management quite early from mm-hmm. talking to a couple of moms that I did my research on the epidural. Like if it doesn't affect the baby and you know what I mean? Like they talked about how it, later on it could give you back pain and you know, all that stuff, but it doesn't right. affect the baby at all. So mm-hmm. I, I immediately was like, Oh, I'm getting epidural. I mean, who's, and my first thought was like, Oh, you're crazy. If you don't, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. I can't believe there's people who like don't get the epidural. So I was induced on August 22nd around 10 in the morning uh-huh. and I was in labor for 30 hours. Wow. Yeah. That's a long ass time. Yeah. It was very long. And then <laughs> at about fourth, about four o'clock on the 23rd, I started pushing and I had ex- almost, ex- I had like literally exactly an hour push time. Mm-hmm. And Raiden was born at 5 p.m. on the dot, seven pounds, seven ounces, what, 21 inches long? Yeah. 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 Extremely healthy. So he was, he had quite the, he was pretty mad you know, when he came out, yeah. he was, I don't think he was ready to come out. He was pretty <laughs> mad. So he was constantly like, at first he was super quiet, but then he just got really mad and like started screaming all the time. So he dropped his oxygen levels. Yeah. Super, su- like super low. So they put him in the nursery and, um, they just charged me after three days and he was still in there for two more days. And, oh, okay. um, and I was really big on breastfeeding. Like I want to do this. I, I like, I love the, like from the first, like first time they laid them on my chest, I love the connection of breastfeeding. Yeah. So I was super in, in, like set on breastfeeding. So every three hours I would go up to, even if I, I don't care if I just pushed a baby out every three hours, I was getting out of bed. I was heading up to the hospital so I could breastfeed him for a half hour, yeah. headed back down to Jimmy's mom's, would sleep for another two hours, get up and back up there to breastfeed him for another three hours, like, you know, for another hour. Dang. And so they kept him in the hospital for two days after he's born. Cause they thought he had pulmonary hypertension. Uh-huh. So they wanted to do, you know, be sure before they sent him home. So they did a bunch of tests. All his tests came back negative. It just turns out he has a pair of lungs on him, and <laughs> it's pretty like pretty good at dropping his oxygen levels when he's screaming. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So he went home with me, uh, two days after I was discharged. So I think he went home on the 28th of August. I brought him home. And he was perfectly healthy, just a little bit of jaundice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yay. 
And he must, and he must have, it must have just felt like a lifeline to you. Like I imagine that once he was out of your body and into the world that you, you so had, you had like changed your whole life based on this connection with this little human that I'm, it doesn't actually surprise me. I still think it's amazing that you were like getting up and driving to the hospital after just giving birth. Cause I know that like just giving birth takes it out of you. Yeah. Um, vulnerable time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But just, I can just see you like being like laser focused on making sure to keep that connection strong. And had you also read about breastfeeding and how that would be like further incentive for you to stay really healthy as well? Like, was that part of your um, drive or you just really wanted the connection? Piece? I just really love the connection. I love the yeah. thought of bonding and providing you know what I mean and yeah. I knew how good breast milk was for him you right. know and how like it kept him from getting sick and the antibodies that were in it yeah I just and the thing was is if I could do it I wanted to do it yeah and for sure I could I could do it you know so I was I was ready to fully like jump right in and do it and I had uh Jocelyn had actually um set me up with a breastfeeding counselor yeah here at Butte so I had all the support there she had taught me how to latch on and awesome yeah Jocelyn set me up with a few different programs that really helped me. Yeah, that's so amazing. Cool. Um, And so we're probably getting to where we can kind of wrap up here. I want to give you your Sunday back. But I am curious if you've had contact with any other families or women who have faced kind of the same road. Have you met? and, And what has that been like to talk to them and to kind of offer hope? So, um... I uh, used to do um, some uh, meetings inside some different treatment uh, facilities, but there's mm-hmm. confidentiality policy, as right. well, of course. But let's just say a couple of them that I have went into have had some expecting mothers in them. Mm-hmm. And I've shared, I've shared my story with them and they've shared their story with me. And there is a little bit of connection there because I, I do remember what it's like being there. I have um, a couple people that I used to run with back in my addiction. I ran mm-hmm. into and, they have told me they're expecting and one in particular, I uh, ran into her when I was at work and I told her, Hey, like I was in the same boat. You were, mm-hmm. there's, there's hope. There's, there's programs. There's things that you can do that, you know, can save you and your baby's life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That must feel really powerful to be able to do that. It is. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I always get nervous about overstepping my boundary, you know, because I, mean? sure. I don't, if someone's not ready, they're just, they're not ready. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't feel good to, to feel like you're pushing something. Yeah. And, and I don't want to make them feel bad because that yeah. was my biggest issue when I was, right. it's hard to step through those doors when, because not all, you, you are getting like, and I, that's, that's where the reason I ran out of the hospital when I first found out I was pregnant. Cause I felt, you know, obviously they just took a urine sample from me and be, being pregnant was probably not the only thing that they seen in my urine. So totally. And so I and felt like I was being super judged. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. And that is always the scariest thing about getting help from anyone. I feel like yeah. is feeling like you're going to be judged and, and what they'll think of you, you know, and it takes a lot to kind of get over that and, and be like, well, I guess I don't really care what they think of me. I really just need to know what's yeah. happening. So Cool. So what does, um, what does like a day, what does like today look like for you guys? Like what does Raiden like to go out and do? Uh, so he's having breakfast with dad right now. Yeah. He's having what are yogurt. they having? Yogurt? He's having yogurt. <laughs> Is it going everywhere? 
Uh, he, uh, so he's pretty insist- insistent now on feeding himself. Yeah. So dad gets the yogurt on the spoon and the oh, pants in nice. the spoon and he, he puts it in his mouth and gives a spoon back to dad, yeah. puts more yogurt on it. <laughs> That's awesome. And then afterwards we'll probably pick up some toys, uh, yeah. get some laundry together. Cause unfortunately watching football. Uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Me and Raiden are going to put on our Raiders jerseys and yes. dad's going to put on his Buccaneers jersey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's and awesome. Then, uh, and then tonight we'll um, we'll do the Sunday book study at the yeah. Old Club. Cool. That's so awesome. Nice. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and yeah, and just for living such a beautiful life that can offer <laughs> hope to people. It's wonderful. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Let me know if you have any follow up questions for me. But I'm just really honored that you would come on and share your story with us. <laughs> It was nice. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Okay, we'll talk soon, Lacey. All right, goodbye. Okay, bye. Welcome to the Mother Love Podcast. This is Claire Larson, your host, and this project was made possible because of the support of Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies, the Montana Coalition. Mother Love was created to promote healing, connection, and shared wisdom through stories. Like any given day spent parenting, each episode brings a balance of tears, laughter, wonder, and surrender. When it comes to parenting, no one should go it alone. On Mother Love, we see you, we hear you, we're in this together.